Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Special technique of shadow boxing. What's up? What's up? What is good, everybody? This is the May 24, 2020 episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I am your host, James Bell, leader of the Boxing Source on social media. You can catch us on Facebook by going to the Boxing Source and liking the page. You can also follow us on Instagram by looking up the Boxing Source and follow us on Twitter at Boxing Source 2 and subscribe to the Boxing Source on YouTube. Number to dial in is 347 347- Two three seven five five three nine. That is three four seven two three seven five five three nine. Press one key to get on cue. Be able to be on the show. But right now, I think we have our special guest on the queue, and this young man is coming from uh, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, he currently has a record of six wins, zero losses, and one draw with two knockouts. Uh, I am glad to have my uh, special guest on, Mr. Jacob Bonus. Are you here there with us? Yes, I'm here. Glad to be here. Thank you. Hey, thanks for coming on the Boxing Source radio show here, man. And uh, like I was saying, you're coming here uh, from Detroit, Michigan, um, which Mm -hmm. has a very excessive history in the sport of boxing. So kind of going to your – uh, background and how you got into the boxing game from Detroit. Well, how I got into it, man, honestly, I started with Javen Sugar Hill, which is Emmanuel Stewart's nephew. Um, I was 10 years old, uh, me and my brother, which I got I got a twin brother, Joseph Bonus. And, uh, you know, we always got in trouble in school, man. Always, always, you know, always got into some trouble or got expelled or, or kicked out. So, mostly for fighting and stuff. So, you know, one day, uh, it was always embedded in me, though, because my dad always wanted me to, you know, box. He made me and my brother put on gloves and box each other, and, you know. And so he took me to the gym and uh, expecting me to actually learn a lesson and stuff, you know. But me and my brother fell in love with it, man. And since then, man, we just never gave up. Yeah, so, you, you know, you stay consistent at it and, um, stayed in the gyms and everything like that. Now uh, you're, you know, a pro uh, out here, and you started your, you know, career uh, right. a few uh, years ago, but then had a little bit of a break until uh, resuming in 2017. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, you uh, they're undefeated, uh, six, you know, six wins, uh, one draw with two knockouts, and uh, you had your latest fight on uh, January 10th against Christian Rivera in Atlantic City. Yeah. Uh, yep. You were able to score a win there. Um, so, like, kind of going to uh, that particular fight and then the last few fights, because you were very active from, you know, October of last year to January of uh, this year. Right, right. Thank you, Slita. Thank you, Slita Promotions. 
Yep, because uh, I know of uh, Dimitri Salida, you know, very familiar with him, uh, you know, former boxer himself, uh, then got into the mm-hmm. promotion game. Um, so uh, how how is it uh, working with Dimitri Salida? Uh, it's like family because he's always been a part of Kung Jin, man. And and even when he was a professional fighting, he, you know, came to train train to, at the legendary Kung Jin. I mean, that's what I recognize him from, you know, and uh, caught my little setback, like, like you just said, and, you know, came home and, you know, he's not boxing, he's a promoter now. And it was just a beautiful thing, you know. Uh, he was actually a very good pro, had a, a pretty good record for some pretty good people. You know, and uh, man, it's it just amazing to see him actually excel and and see what he's doing now. You know, I'm I'm glad to be a part of Salida Promotions. Thanks to Sugar Hill and thanks to Salida, you know. Yep. And you were like you said, you mentioned uh, Javon Sugar Hill uh, there from the Crunk Gym, and um, with Javon Hill there being um, related to you know the. Uh, legendary trainer Emmanuel Stewart. Um, I feel right. like going to you know how how you're part of the Kronk Gym and how much history is there in the Kronk Gym. So uh, kind of going to being involved in the Kronk Gym and how that builds you up as a professional fighter. Man, uh, growing up boxing at Kronk, you 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 had to been rough. You you had to be. You had to be competitive. You actually had to have heart to actually step in the ring at the old Crunk Gym. You know, uh, it's not really like that anymore. I feel like it's building back up like that. But, you know, seeing so many people and so much talent in one gym, and it, it, it was just amazing. You cannot do nothing but get better in life, you know, and get better at what you love, which is boxing. And, you know, I grew up uh, Dalton, which is from Detroit, Michigan, and, I grew up boxing him a lot, boxing my brother, boxing Eric Dillion, soon to be world world champion, you know, and uh, Muhammad Adam. I grew up with a lot of good 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 prospects with Sugar Hill made me box and you know, now I'm I'm a better boxer today. But it was always rough, you know, you you uh but Sugar Hill always teaches you the the basics, you know, and from there he teaches you what you need to know and what you're better at, you know, he'll let you see what you are better at, and he'll go from there. But he'll always teach you the basics, jabbing and out, all simple stuff, jabbing and out, just simple stuff of boxing make you always win the fight. And uh, he always stuck to that because that's how Emmanuel Stewart was. And you know, we I try to stick to that. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. You know, learning the the basics there in in the ring, but you know, after you learn it, you kind of like try to master the basics because. You know, like you were talking right. about with the jab, jab is the most important um, punch in boxing, and it's all about right. you know knowing how to knowing when to throw it. Um, you know the timing. You know timing is important. Speed is important, and you know also you know bringing bringing your hand back so that you'll be ready for the next punch, or you know seeing right, what your right. opponent is going to do. Um, so you know learning those uh, basic skills uh, there in the ring is very important. Um, you know, when uh, being in, involved in a professional fight. And so, uh, you know, Javon Sugar Hill is someone that uh, is real good at um, teaching yes. uh, that type of stuff, you know. Um, now, you were saying that you were training or at least uh, doing some sparring with, you know, your brother and uh, Dominic Dalton. 
and a couple others. So there are like a few other um, fighters that you uh, had sparred with over at the uh, Kong Gym. Oh yes, there's there's many there's many good prospects, young, you know, and some that've been in the game. I could mention a lot of them. You know, I've been in there with world champions such as Miguel Cotto at boxing when I was 15, 16 years old. You know, I've been to um, Vladimir Klitschko training camps about two to, two to three times. Um, I've seen a lot of great people boxing, even the guys that I grew up, you know, with. I've seen them actually box, you know, for, you know, since a young and I've always seen champions at Crunk Gym, you know, and that's how, and that's how you know, and that's how it always was. Yeah, I, I think I saw uh, one picture uh, that you had there with uh, you and your brother. Um, alongside Miguel Cotto uh, out there, right. so yeah, you 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 be out there around you know some of the legendary fighters uh, in the game, and then also you know like you said the up and comers um, within the particular sport uh, there. So right. um, you know, with that being said, it's like you you get to learn a few things from uh, those fighters alongside uh, the trainers, mm-hmm. you know, the trainers that you have there uh, with Sugar Hill Stewart. Um, yeah, and that you know build, builds you up as uh, being a better fighter there. Uh, now, mm-hmm. I did mention that uh, you did have the uh, win over Christian Rivera over in the yeah. Ocean Resort Casino in Atlantic City in January. Uh, so I wanted to see if you could get into that particular fight a little bit, and you know how you were doing in that in that particular uh, fight. Okay, uh, I've. I've always had trouble sometimes making 47. You know, most of the times I'm, I I make it. I'm physically big. I'm kind of thick, like, skin. So, you know, but losing a lot of weight, uh, it just drains you for a fight. But you're not realizing it, you know what I'm saying, because you feel in shape, you, you feel strong, and you you feel like you're ready to go. But when you get in there and, and, and box and, you know, after so much weight loss, man, it's, it's kind of crazy. You, that's why I'm trying to train myself to lose it before, not right, right then and there. But it was a, it was a great mm-hmm. fight. He he was undefeated fighter, one and zero. You know, uh, he was pretty good. Um, he caught me with a, with a right hand. It was it was a pretty good right hand. But you know, that just caught me off guard. It put me back in place. Like, man, what are you doing? I all I did was just put my hands up, you know, and use basic boxing like Sugar Hill always taught me. It got me through mm-hmm. the fight and. Second, third, fourth round, it was just easy. It, it was just it was just easy boxing. I didn't have to do nothing but just follow simple, simple instructions from Sugar Hill, and I, I got the win easily. True, true that. You know, yeah, like I said, you're able to uh, get the win there to, um, you know, stay undefeated. Now, you did so. mention – oh, what was that? I said it was an experience. It was, it was a good experience. So, you know, it's it's another chapter to my story, man. I, I I needed that, you know. Like I needed that fight, you know. What I mean? uh, put me back on point, put me back sharp. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Now you did mention there uh, when you were talking about the fight that you know you had to come down uh, to that welterweight limit around the welterweight limit, and you know a lot of fighters do uh, have the thing there where, like you said, you're walking around and you you know you're in shape and everything like that, but you still have to cut down weight. And right. with you cutting down weight, it kind of like drains your energy a little bit because mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. your body is not used to uh, being uh, that low after being at that uh, certain uh, weight beforehand. Um, so yeah. 
you were, if you know, like, what you were around before you went down to 147? Like, were you, like, at 154 or, like, what you were walking um, around I, I, I walk around 160, you know, 158, 159, always around there. You know, it's kind of it's kind of yeah. big for 147, but it's at a good weight to be living and training hard, you know. As long as I can make the 47-pound limit, you know, I'm good. I just have to train myself to lose it beforehand, like I was saying, you know, instead of mm-hmm. um, weighing towards the end, you know, I feel like that's a, that's a big downfall, but I can easily, it's a problem I can easily correct, so, you know. Yeah, I got, I got you there, I got you. You know, um, yeah, because I, I, I know about some fighters, like particularly of the 147-pound division that are around that weight range that you uh, brought up, yeah. you know, 160, 159. But then there's like other instances where they could be around 170, 175, or you know, as high as 189 pounds, and that is oh, oh like yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've definitely seen that, yeah, 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 and that's like you know, way too much to come down to 147 mm-hmm. pounds and still have enough energy to uh, be at a high level uh, for you know, four, eight, ten, twelve rounds or so, so. You know, being, like you said, as long as you, you know, keep your weight down a little bit, you don't have to work as much to right, come down exactly. like you did, uh, like you would ha- uh, did before. So uh, that's kind of right. Uh, good right there. Now, like I said, you're at the welterweight division, and uh, that is kind of like a very deep division uh, there at, yeah, you is. know, that particular, um, at this particular time. Um, so uh, you being there at, uh, you know, 26, you know, that's like fairly, you know, I would say fairly young uh, in, in the game, um, so to speak. So right, right. I, I think that you may still, you know, have some time to grow a little bit. So do you see correct, yourself correct. being around 154 pounds pretty soon? Um, Honestly, I feel if I correct my diet a little better, I can make 140 Possibly, well, 147, possibly 140. I mean, I feel like I can do it because I've been there before. The only reason why I stay at my weight, like, I just feel stronger. You know, I just feel strong. But at 47, I do feel much sharper. I do feel much faster. I do feel better as long as long as I um, come down and, and, Eventually, I will make one one fifty four. I do plan on doing that. Just not right now. I, I think it's just too early for me. I got you. I got you. Like you, you have to eventually work to that particular point, right? Um, to you know how to get there. Like I said, I mean, if you feel like you could actually get down to one forty, then maybe you know being at one hundred forty seven pounds at this particular time, yeah. you know, makes you more comfortable. Um, you know, right, right now, so probably uh, best to focus on uh, being there at uh, 147 pounds. You know, right. Um, yeah. Now, you know, like you said, uh, being uh, from Detroit, Michigan, I, I brought up the thing about the history of uh, boxing mm-hmm. in Detroit. Like, who are a couple of fighters uh, that you may have looked up to uh, from that Detroit area or elsewhere uh, that you know had you motivated to? You know, be also you know be motivated to in uh, boxing right now. Man, I could mention so many names. Honestly, uh, I mean, look at Tony Harrison now. I mean, you got to give it to him. I feel like 
he's one of the best 54-pounders. I feel like he could beat everybody. And, you know, so you can't you, – you could only expect to look up to a guy like that. And uh, also Dominique, you know, I grew up boxing with him. Also um, Steven, which is one-two. We, we always call him one-two because he had a, a good one-two. Uh, which I don't, he don't box anymore, but he always still keeps up with boxing. And you know, uh, uh, Vernon Paris, we know I boxed him a few yeah. times. Very good fighter. Gates, Gates Mohammed, he's still at, he's still an active fighter. I mean, there's just so many, so so much talent, so many names I can say. You know, I mean, this is this is Detroit. This is Crunk Gym. I mean, I feel like this is where the best fighters come from, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you know a lot of the legends of the game. Uh, you know, being either from Detroit or going, you know, coming uh, through uh, Detroit to right. train and, you know, having, you know, one of the best uh, training facilities uh, in the country uh, there. Uh, and like I said, you mentioned uh, Tony Harrison, you know, former world champion uh, out mm-hmm. there that, you know, has been a very good uh, fighter at 154 pounds. So right. uh, this shows like the exactly. history and the talent uh, that they have there. Uh, in Detroit now, um, one other question that I usually uh, ask my um, guests is: um, me being like an avid book reader, there's like a lot of books that uh, I kind of uh, point to as you know uh, my favorites or what I reference to. So, what mm-hmm. would you say is uh, one of the favorite books that you uh, have read? Um, honestly, I, I read. <laughs> Really, a lot of boxing books. Um, I don't. I don't really do too much reading, which I I should start doing it because, I mean, my girlfriend does, you know. But uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like to read as much, you know. I like to watch. <laughs> I see you. See you. So uh, you had like um, you know maybe shows or uh, movies that you um, you know were kids liking to or something like that. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I watch a lot of the Rocky movies. I watch a lot of boxing movies, you know. Uh, more, uh, these days, I, I I spend a lot of time, even when I'm not in the gym, I probably playing the PS4 or, you know, doing any, playing basketball, trying to, you know, trying to stay out of out of the way, man. But, you know, yeah. I used to always watch Friday Night Fights. I mean, they ain't got that anymore, you know. But I don't, I don't really watch too many shows either. Uh yeah, you have, like, movies, like you said, the Rocky series. Um, you know, you have, like, something yeah. like uh, Undisputed or, you know. Yeah, right, right. Uh, like, I like to get into a lot of movies, and a lot of them don't be, you know, with boxing. It just be, you know, just something else, you know. Whatever drives my interest, I, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, now, you did say, like, you um, – you know, play a little bit of PS4 and, and whatnot and, and play basketball. Um, is that like, you know, some of the things that you do on your on your spare time or uh, whatever it is? Like, um, do you have like a PS4 game that you kind of focus on or play a lot? Outside of boxing and doing that, I do spend a lot of time with my dogs. Uh, I got I pit bulls and um, I'm working on breeding my pit bulls. I spend a lot of time with my dogs. So I'm always yeah. I'm always um, busy with that because I always grew up liking dogs, pit bulls, you know, mainly that's and um, 
you know, I'm gonna start. I already, I already got me a little kennel here. I just need to make my dogs, and I mean, I already got my girls and my boys. So, you know, it's uh, it's taking a lot of my time. So I'm, I'm, I'm always busy with that. I gotcha, I gotcha. You know, like you said, uh, you, you know, you have, uh, you know, a little uh, family uh, of your own there. Um, uh, like you said, you had your kids and girlfriend and everything like that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, it kind of keeps you busy uh, there, uh, 24, right. almost 24 7. Um, have a call yeah. right here from the 205 uh, area code. Uh, you're here live with uh, Welch Waits. Uh, tend to hear Jacob Bonus on the Boston Source Radio show. What's good? What's going on, fellas? It's Mike Grady calling out of Atlanta. How y'all doing? I'm all right, man. How about you? Doing pretty good, man. About to order some barbecue for these high-ass prices and get some barbecue delivered. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong uh, with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah what, so, y'all, what y'all been talking about? Well, uh, Manly we boxing. Have, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, with Jake, Jacob Bodas here from uh, Detroit, Michigan, uh, you know, I was talking to him about, you know, who who he, you know, usually was training with over in the Crown Gym because he's uh, there at the Crown Gym over in Detroit. Um, he talked about, you know, his um, kind of like his peers, like Tony Harrison, who's, you know, from Detroit and things like that, um, you know, training with Sugar Hill Stewart and the things that Sugar Hill Stewart, um, you know, uh, trains or, or teaches them uh, their well-being at the gym, you know, like the basics and everything, like mastering the basics, um, you know, in the sport so that, you know, anything else that he, you know, wants to work on, they'll be able to do that. But as long as he has his basics down packed, then, you know, there isn't much for him to worry about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, so, um is there like a you know like any uh, question that you may have uh, for take a bonus? Uh, give me a second. I wasn't prepared to ask no questions. Give me a second. I'm sorry. Okay, gotcha. Now, um, now Jacob, now I, I want yes, to like kind of go into um, your relationship with your brother uh, Joseph mm-hmm. there, man, because you said uh, that y'all both y'all both started um, in the boxing game together. Um, you know, growing mm-hmm. up, like y'all said, uh, being in school and and getting into fights in school and things like that. But yeah, yeah. You know, how is it to be, you know, alongside him uh, there, being a professional fighter? Man, it's honestly, it's a beautiful thing because you always want to look for work. He, he's right there, you know, and same thing goes for him, and. You know, we've learned a lot off of one another, and I feel that was a, a big impact on our careers because, you know, there's a lot of things that I love he does, and there's a lot of things that I do that which he loves, and we sort of try to mix and talk to each other and try to learn it when we do box each other, you know. Emmanuel Stewart always loved watching us box because growing up as kids, we, we, we always, always brought. Like, that's it was just an instinct for us. Um. But yeah, it you know, he's always good work, you know, and um I appreciate that, man. It's always it's 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 always good cuz he he always gives me advice or criticism either way I I accept it and I do and I do to him. Man, I I feel like we're a big help in each other's lives and careers. 
Yeah, I feel you. I feel you because you know you, you know you can learn from him and he can learn from you. Uh, you know while being in the in the boxing ring, and you know as long as y'all you know grow and learn together, then you know both y'all could you know be um, you know getting up to the uh, top level um, in this particular mm-hmm. sport. So that's something that you know I would be you know definitely watching out for uh, real quick. Yeah. Uh, seeing if I have like. A, Another caller in here that uh, will be uh, listening in. Uh, 813 area code, you're on the Boxing Source radio show here with Jacob Bonus. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? All right. All right, all right. Hey, Jacob, how you doing, fam? I'm okay, man. How about yourself? Oh, I think you're playing, man. I know you don't know who this is yet, so I'm going to give you a little time. Um, how's your brother mm-hmm. doing, man? I've been talking to him in a little minute, but uh, uh, I promise you guys, your next fight that I'll be there. Yeah, you asked about my brother. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear. But... I said I, I know you don't know who this is yet, but you catch the voice in a minute. Um, I promise you, your brother, your next fight I'll be there definitely. Oh, okay. Along okay. the state side, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. This is Gary from Tampa, Florida. Yeah, this is uh, Gary. This is uh, Gary uh, over in Florida, uh, Jacob. Oh, that's my guy, yeah. Good guy, man. Gary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that dude, man. What's hey, up, um, I can't complain, man. As a matter of fact, I got the lady on the car with me. The little lady, she's here with me. She's yeah, driving. Glad to you know, hear you, man. So we listen, we listen to the show. Um, any news yet on uh, your next fight? Uh... I don't know my next fight. I got to win on Salida, and whenever this pandemic is over with, I don't know, man. I'm just waiting on that call. Yeah, I know they, they, right now they're talking about opening up fights around. Yeah, uh, it's even hard to train. <laughs> but as usual, man, I love you guys. You know, you know that. I'm you always have, man. I appreciate but that. I want to see y'all uh, in the top, man. And I know you guys have it. I've seen you guys before. I know what you got. A lot of people may or may not know about you guys, but they soon will. And I mm-hmm. hope I'm, uh, I'm around to be able to step back. Cause oh, you will. You guys have a lot of talent. All right. Well, I'm glad to keep on listening, man. I'm driving right now, so I'm here. All right. All right thanks, guys. my guy. I appreciate you so much, man. No problem, man. Yep, yep. Drive safe. All right, yeah, I'll uh, you know have him uh, there. So if uh, Gary wants to you know get back in, he can just press uh, one, and then I'll be able to add him back on. But yeah, he's you know right. uh, he he's one that you know connect me uh, over to you uh, to get you on the okay, show. Okay. So he is been, you know uh, you know a great contributor to uh, my podcast here that I've had you know for five years. So you know I give a lot of props right. to him uh, for you know. Doing you know doing things for for me to, in order for me to grow the uh, particular podcast. So uh, you know that's why um, you know I usually have Gary on because uh, he's you know brought me a lot of uh, people that he's you know familiar with um, in the boxing game uh, right there. So um, but he like brought up the thing about you know having the next fight and you know you talk with uh, Salida about that. Um, but like what is what are your aspirations or what do you think that you would want to um, do within the next 12 to 18 months? 12 to 18 months is 
get back into training. Real, real, real endurance training, you know, as a fighter boxing training. And cutting my weight to 47, which to make it my, to make my walk around weight at least 150. And uh, just be active, like Salida has been, been keeping me before all this happened, all this, you know, the sickness and stuff. But uh, he's been keeping me busy, and I plan on staying busy and, and working, man, and you know, being ready for whoever he puts me in and with. Yeah, baby, baby. You know, uh, how um, how active are you, like, as far as, like, the gyms are concerned, if they're, you know, um, open around there or if they have something in a limited capacity, are you able to still, like, go to the gym? Well, I do my basic training at home. You know, I, I do, uh, you know, they, they shut down playing finishes and stuff like that, all the finishes. So, uh, but, you know, I still do my basic training, which is, you know, my pushes, my pull-ups, my sit-ups, my running. But, you know, it's, it's, it's never, it's, it's never right when, like, you gotta, you have to box, man. You have to box, you have to hit the bag, you have to see boxing, you have to get pad work, you know, and I can't wait for that, but. Yeah, I've, I've been keeping up with my basics. Yeah, it's a whole different thing when um, you, you know, kind of like do things to stay in shape for one, but actually yeah. going into the, getting into the ring, um, you know, that's completely different uh, there to, you know, get yourself ready for a fight. Um, you know, yeah. You know that... Go ahead. No, I, I, no, I train with, like, Sugar Hill, you know, you could in shape, in shape, in shape, you know, uh, and you could get up around the pad work from from him, and you know, you'd be tired. Like his pad work is, is just something like not normal. It's, it's different, you know. Two, 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 three rounds, you know, you got to be real in shape to to get his pad work. And man, I mm-hmm. I need to get ready for that. So yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. Because, um, you know, with that, you know, you kind of have to be at a different type of, uh, you know, mind frame because, you know, just, you know, being out oh, yeah. there and exercising one thing, but, um, you know, actually being in the ring and, 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 and doing the pad work and, and, you know, hitting the heavy bags and all of that, you know, getting that punch resistance or being used to that punch resistance um, is a whole different animal because, like, yeah, if you, yeah. you had been like outside of any ring for a good amount of time. By the time you uh, get back into the gym or you know into a ring and then throw your first punches, then your arms aren't necessarily mm-hmm. you know into that for a while. So it kind of like makes yeah. it a little bit harder, you know. Yeah, boxing is a game where 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 rust is always there. Once once a little you know couple weeks not in the gym is is there like you know. And it's it's very important to always stay active, you know, keeping your body moving, learning, you know, and especially, man, like I was saying, you know, going back to training and training with Sugar Hill, he has so many different fighters, even from Russia, coming in there and fight. You got to stay in shape. It's very important. Oh, yeah, no question, no question. Uh, um, You know, for those that are listening in uh, live, uh, if you want to uh, call in, uh, you call in at 347-237-5539. That's uh, 
347-237-5539. Press one key to get on too, and you'll be able to talk live on the show. Um, uh, we're here with uh, Jacob Bonus here, uh, Welch Wade, uh, with a record of six wins, zero losses, and one draw. Um, uh, one thing I would like to uh, kind of ask you is um, what would be your um, – what would be the venue that you would like to fight in uh, in the future? Uh Definitely the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Definitely, <laughs> uh, that's that, I feel like that's my top. Like that's the top venue. Uh, for me in the future, yeah, I like where they held where they hold the big world title fights. You know, I I I want that in life. You know that that's what I see. Yeah, I feel you, I feel you. I mean, yeah, MGM Grand Garden Arena is like, you know, I would say the um, most, uh, you know, famous um, venue, um, you know, for me, alongside uh, Madison Square Garden. So uh, yeah. having a fight in one of those correct, uh, correct. particular venues would probably be the uh, pinnacle for um, a lot of fighters in, in their uh, particular careers. So, um, oh, yeah. Yep. Madison, Square, Madison Square Garden would definitely be one of them, too. Yeah, because, uh, you know, having uh, that type of atmosphere at, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden um, is, you know, something to see. I mean, I've, you know, been to a fight or two uh, there at uh, Madison Square Garden, and it's like, you know, no other um, experience that I've had uh, seeing mm-hmm. uh, fights, you know, over the course of uh, years and things like that. So, um, yeah, hope. You know, we'll see if um, you know you're going to be able to work and um, get into that particular position uh, to fight in um, one of those particular venues. And I think oh, yeah. you know, with the background of uh, older uh, Dimitri Salida, uh, that you could uh, get yourself in a position to uh, fight in you know, one of those uh, venues uh, pretty soon, uh, right there. So, uh, kind of looking uh, forward to you know all of that right there, man. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem there. Um, now, um, I like seeing here also uh, that, you know, you have those uh, contenders that are out there in the welterweight division, um, but also the champions, um, like I said, Earl mm-hmm. Spence, uh, Manny Pacquiao. Um, you have uh, Terrence Crawford, you know, also there as world champions, former champions, Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. Um, if there was like any uh, fighter out there that you would uh, probably like to face uh, at this particular point or in the near future, who would that be? You said face. That that you would that you would like to face or fight in the future. Oh, uh, <laughs> honestly, anybody that's in a forty-seven pound limit and that's that's willing to fight. I don't care who it is, honestly. I don't care. Like I don't have a particular name. I don't. I'm, everybody's just, everybody's the same to me. If if they're not help me, then they're in my way. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, let me see uh, here if um, if uh, Gary's uh, still with us. Uh, hey, Gary, you still there okay. with us? Yes, I am, man. 
Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I know that you, you know, be on the road, uh, you know, 24-7, 365, man. So, uh, when you, you are able to call in, man, it's, uh, you know, it's a, a pleasure to be able to do so. Uh, but, you know, you know, like you said, uh, you know, you're able to, you know, keep me in contact with uh, Brother Jacob. So, uh, thank you. Yeah, that, man. Man, listen, man, that's a great, you know, him and his brother, when you meet them, their personalities, you know, they're nice, they're laid back, but no nonsense. You know what I mean? You're not going to try the intelligence. Anyway. As a matter of fact, none of the Crunk family are going to try their intelligence. You know what I mean? Because just, just the name alone, you respect them coming in as boxers. You know what I mean? So, I at the end of the day, day, at the end of the day, to be honest with you, when you start your camp, give me a shout, man. I would love just to fly off for the weekend and shoot the breeze with you and Hill before you fight. Because once you get into that zone, I already know, you know, you ain't going to have time for nothing. So, you know, if I got rid of such a camp, just give me a shout, and I'll fly up, man. I'll fly up and come spend the weekend up there with the family, man, before you guys get I appreciate that. Yeah, it's long overdue, man. Long overdue. Yeah, man, it's been a minute, man. And, and, you know, I know... You guys know I'm here. I'm busy, but I'm here. Always, you always, know? always. And um, depending on, on when it is, if it's, I'll bring up James so you can actually meet the person, and he can do a he can do a quick uh, you know meet and greet with you guys. But he's a real I've known him for a long time, man. That's one of the reasons I'm, I'm if he needs to, to meet somebody I know him, I'd be like, hey, you know, but I'm gonna meet you, meet you guys real quick. I gotta talk to somebody. Okay. All right, no doubt, man. Hey, uh, so Jacob, um, uh, yes, yes, your uh, social media handles, uh, like if uh, anyone wants to, you know, add you on, um, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatnot, um, you can uh, share that right now. Yeah, you can always follow me on Instagram at Jacob Bonus. All together, just Jacob Bonus, and also on Facebook, uh, Jacob Bonus, just my regular boxing name, you know. Uh, I had a Twitter, don't really use it like that. I stay on um, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, I feel you, I feel you there, man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, y'all go ahead and y'all go on Instagram and follow him, uh, Jacob Bonus, and on uh, Facebook. Uh, just look up the name Jacob Bonus, and um, you know it should be able to uh, pull up right there. Um, just see it here. Um, do you have like anything else that you would want to uh, share with uh, the listeners? Uh, you could uh, do that right now. Yeah, I appreciate you for having me on here. It's a it's a blessing. Thanks to Gary, and thanks to you for having me here. Uh, I always appreciate talking to boxing. Well, actually, well, people actually know the sport. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. All right, no problem there. So once again, uh, folks, you have uh, welterweight, uh, six wins, zero losses, one draw from uh, Detroit, Michigan, Mr. Jacob Bonus. I thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, no problem, no problem. Uh, so uh, we have... Uh, about like a few uh, more uh, minutes here on the live uh, session of the Boxing Source Radio Show. If you want to call in and participate, our number is 347-237-5539. That's 
347-237-5539. Press one key to get on queue, and you'll be able to talk live on the show. Um, wanted to, you know, kind of uh, get into a couple of topics uh, that were, you know, going now over the course of the week. But um, I see that there is, uh, you know, news about, you know, boxing coming back, you know, pretty soon. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit last week uh, with, um, you know, top-ranked boxing to start off with. Um, they said that they had, like, a few cars that are, you know, going to be planned uh, here uh, in the near future, which include um, a fight card with uh, on June 9th uh, that will be in Las Vegas uh, that will have uh, the WBO featherweight champion Shakur Stevenson. Um, and, you know, now it uh, seems like uh, recently we find out that uh, he will be facing uh, Felix Caraballo um, in that June 9th card. Uh, and that's pending approval from the Athletic Commission over in uh, Nevada uh, there. So um, we're going to see if we're going to have uh, Shakur Stevenson in action because he was, you know, originally planned to be, uh, fighting at the theater at Madison Square Garden, um, uh, as he was supposed to fight Miguel Mariaga. Um, they had like the press conference on, uh, you know, that Thursday, um, March 12th, and you know I was there at that particular press conference on uh, March 12th, and um, after that, you know, I, I left. I got back to you know pretty much around my area. Uh, D.C., Washington, D.C. area, and they had a card that was playing over at the MGM National Harbor uh, that same weekend. Uh, by the time I left the New York area, they had canceled the card at the MGM uh, you know, National Harbor, and then by the time I had just uh, reached my place, that's when they canceled the uh, card that was at the uh, theater at Madison Square Garden. And, you know, we hadn't had any live boxing events here in the U.S. since. So uh, with this uh, being said, uh, you know, now you're going to have Shakur Stevenson going up against Caraballo. Um, Caraballo replaces uh, Rafael Rivera, uh, who can't uh, leave due to, you know, his uh, visa issue. So, um, so that is kind of like one of the events that uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to um, in this, uh, you know, in this particular instance because, uh, you know, we had like a conversation um, a couple of weeks ago uh, with so-called Stephen Nelson, and he, uh, you know, seeing that um, was talking about the thing about the plans of, going over to Vegas, you know, being there for a few weeks, and then having a fight uh, in Vegas, and then after that uh, going back. So, um, you know, that is uh, one of the events there that's going to happen on, uh, you know, June 9th. And I think that um, we're going to have another uh, fight card that's going to be June 16th, uh, but we're, I think we're going to see if we get uh, get more uh, information on that. Uh, so that's something there that, you know, I wanted to, you know, bring up in this particular um, instance. Um, 
And then also, um, I'm trying to see if I could have um, one of my uh, callers uh, be on uh, here at this particular point because they have been talking a lot about recent news coming down that the uh, application or app, uh, zone, which, you know, provides uh, sporting um, events, you know, to uh, people that are able to access it through their smart TV or uh, through their uh, smartphone and things like that. We've had, like, a little bit of a segment on it last week. Well, it seems like uh, now that um, the zone may be in a little bit of financial trouble. Um, you know, it says like through an article um, in the Financial Times, and uh, that Len Blackmedic, um, you know, he's like kind of like trying to secure investments uh, to uh, stay in business, but also may have to find a buyer, or they might have to you know seize operations uh, there. Uh, but you know, with the zone. Like I said, it's, it's something that is provided uh, to uh, people in various parts of the world. And, you know, with that being said, you know, you have, you know, uh, boxing. Uh, you have, like, soccer on there. Um, there's also, um, you know, a few other sports that are, you know, available um, through the app. Um, and the thing is that, you know, you have, um, you know, the one side where you have some sports, like I said, soccer, um, boxing are the two primary uh, sports that are, you know, offered. Uh, but there's also, you know, other things like I would say, um, you know, like a tennis or, you know, um, other particular um, events. Uh, that are out there, but since it's more of a live content uh, type of thing, then that is why you really don't see much uh, coming from them uh, during this particular time because there's no live sports, there's no live content, then you really can't provide much service for people that have uh, this particular uh, program. And when you have a uh, you know, things that where you have a monthly price of $19.99 a month or $99.99 a year, then you're going to have to have something else uh, there to uh, keep these people um, coming back or having to keep their subscription. So it's just not like, uh, you know, this is where you have a, a Fox Sports or an ESPN that will be able to provide content, you know, no matter what. Um, and even even with the thing with ESPN, look at what they were doing now. They have no live sports, but they were still able to have the whole thing with um, the uh, Chicago Bulls documentary or the Michael Jordan documentary, as I, you know, would, um, you know, kind of say <laughs> That it's uh, you know the Michael Jordan uh, documentary, The Last Dance, but 
that was very successful for them uh, for ESPN. Uh, but, you know, with the zone, if you don't have, like, any other type of content that you can provide uh, for the people that are subscribed, then they're not going to keep their subscription. What's the point of them, you know, paying $19.99 a month? Or if their yearly subscription comes to an end, what, what you know, gives them any added incentive uh, for them to, you know, renew their subscription? So, you know, for me, I just think that they, you know, probably had to be like, oh, they're going to have to have, you know, these live events coming back up, you know, real soon. But we kind of talked about this in uh, previous conversations that once they had a couple of live events in certain areas of the world, that's when the zone should have been able to take advantage of it and say, hey, Let's see if we could just have a couple of events, a couple of uh, fight cards with a few fighters. They don't have to, you know, have that much experience. They don't have to be uh, that big of a name, but just put live content out there and see how much that they can get out of it. If it doesn't, you know, cost them that much, then why not do it? Um you know, the thing about it is, is that I know that there's one person that is a, uh, quote, unquote, I would say a hater of the zone. And the thing about it is, is like what they have done over the course of the uh, past couple years or so, particularly last year, is that they put too much of their uh, financial investment on something without following through on it or having or having a set plan before going forward with that investment. Um, I know that, you know, uh, one person kind of like points to all the money that goes to uh, the fighters for having fights that really aren't that good uh, on paper. Uh, but, you know, the thing about it is, is that it's up to those people that invest that know what is out there uh, as far as, like, the sport of boxing is concerned in particular because uh, I, I, I keep bringing up the thing with uh, Canelo Alvarez and when Oscar and Golden Boy Promotions were able to negotiate that deal for the zone to invest $365 million towards Canelo Alvarez. And also, you know, investing the amount of money that they did with Gennady Golovkin. And listen, you know about the history of me on this show and what else, you know, what else is out there that I don't like about Golovkin. I don't think he's really that much of a famous fighter enough for you to have that type of investment in him. You know? So you have that and then you have that investment into uh, Canelo Alvarez where you're pretty much putting $30 million or so <laughs> per fight for Canelo Alvarez. Now, given this news, look, about, look at what you would have had uh, coming up because they were trying to um, have him fight 
Gennady Golovkin for a third time. That wasn't the plan. And they were going to add a little bit more in the uh, purse for Canelo for that particular fight, like giving up a little bit more of a uh, cash advance. So, like I said, he earns about 30 to $33 million on average per fight under this contract. So they were saying that maybe uh, Canelo was going to get, uh, let's say, about $40 million for this fight against Gennady Golovkin. And Gennady Golovkin is, you know, one of the other guys that the zone has invested a lot of money towards. So they were going to have to put up, let's see, around $60 million, at least $60 million for that particular fight. And if you're not going to have enough interest uh, for a third fight between Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin, then, I mean, shoot, that's going to be $60 million plus down the drain. You know, because think about it is, they're just out there uh, purchasing the, the television rights for the fight. They're not the ones that put up the money to book the venue, to do, you know, uh, ticket sales, advertising, or anything like that. The promoter handles that. So they're the ones that already gave up their money to have the TV rights for these particular fights, you know. And, you know, with that being said, uh, having this thing come up to the point where they're spending this money for this fight, uh, you know, you spend money for fights with, that involve uh, Demetrius Andrade or Daniel Jacobs against uh, Little Chavez or, you know, Let's see, what was that thing? The Gennady Golovkin fight with um, Sergei Derevianchenko, uh, among other things, you know. So having that alongside the quote-unquote rights to uh, previous fights that are under particular promotions, then you're supposed to be able to have, like, some type of uh, cash flow to where, you'd be able to handle uh, fights that are coming up down the line. You're supposed to have cash reserves and things like that. But with them not having cash reserves, I mean, that's, you know, a real problem for them. Because the zone is, you know, supposed to be establishing uh, these various countries to where they should be able to put up, you know, uh, money uh, on – you know, on in the vault, so to speak, and say that, hey, uh, we are, you know, good for this amount of time or this amount of time that, you know, we're, we're taking losses for, you know, one year or another year that we should be good for at least two or three years. But here it's just it's showing that if they have this uh, instance where they have to, you know, um, end up trying to sell, then that's going to be um, pretty much an issue. I don't think it's really a boxing issue like a lot of or a few boxing fans uh, kind of put up. I just think it's an actual uh, company or structural issue in that end because whether this whole survives this or that, 
those promotional companies or those boxers are going to find other ways to have their fights being shown. So that's not going to really be their problem in that instance. Um, so when it comes to this thing here with, uh, you know, Leonard uh, Blackmatic and, uh, you know, the zone or perform group, this is the thing that, that's going to, you know, have them uh, be the issue here. So um, I want to see here if I can uh, pull up this article. I think it's from, what is this, uh, the Financial Times. And it says, like, you know, the online sports group zone is racing the secure financial future with billionaire owner Len Blackmanic exploring options to raise money for a business hard hit by the pandemic. London-based company has in recent years spent billions of dollars for the rights to live sporting events, including European football matches and high-profile boxing contests. This was to help build a subscription streaming service dubbed, quote, the Netflix of sports. Now, the global suspension of the sports fixtures during the pandemic has seen some subscribers pause monthly payments. The zone has also sought to defer payments and owes to sports leagues, citing the lack of live action. Um, so let's see. So it said, like, just two years ago, the company was valued at uh, $3 billion when it sold a 10% stake to Japanese advertising giant Ditsu for $300 billion. Uh, so people familiar with this business said it's currently unlikely to reach a similar valuation. Yeah, no problem. You know, <laughs> no West dog. Uh, research groups is estimated the zone's financial commitments are securing sports rights total to at least $3.7 billion. Uh, so, you know, like I said, man, uh, with, with the lack of live sports, they're, you know, pretty much, uh, quote, unquote, worthless at this particular point because they haven't created a method to uh, provide, uh, you know, other live content. They don't necessarily have a, a sports center type of program that they could put on the zone. So that's going to be pretty much an issue uh, there for uh, in this particular instance, man. So um, that's what we have uh, at this particular point. I'm going to see if uh, I have a caller in here uh, coming in live to join this uh, Boston conversation. Another one from the e three area code. Uh, you're on the Boston Source Radio Show. What's good? What up, though, Jay? This is Terrell calling from Tampa. Who you got on the line with us? Well, we had our guest uh, Jacob Bowden on uh, here, but uh, he had to, you know, step out. Uh, so uh, he was able to be on for a little bit, and uh, we had like a little bit uh, conversation uh, with him. Uh, he's there from the Carl Gym. He um, has his trainer, Sugar Hill Stewart, um, and he, you know, is at the welterweight division right now at this particular point. So uh, he's started out there, has seven fights. Um, defeated. Uh, so we're going to see uh, what he's going to be able to do uh, here in his professional career under uh, Demetrius Salida and Salida Promotions. Okay. Is he, where's he from? Because I'm looking at his record right now, 6-0, all that stuff. Where's he from? Yeah, he's from Detroit, Michigan. So he's okay, cool, the cool. Yeah, he, yeah, he's right, cool. the Yeah, you know? Yeah, what's going so, on though? 
Yeah, man, I'll be up. I'm chilling, uh, just seeing here what will happen as far as, like, live boxing is concerned. I did talk about uh, Shakur Stevenson uh, being prepared to fight in uh, the next couple of weeks uh, over in Las Vegas. Uh, he uh, has the uh, secured, was secured about on uh, June 9th uh, against Felix Carballo. Um, he was supposed to fight Rafael Rivera, but uh, Rivera uh, doesn't have a, you know, his uh, visa um, situation cleared. So that's where Kyle Bio uh, comes in to fight uh, Shakur Stevenson on June 9th. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's, it's just so interesting. Even though there's no live boxing right now, uh, you can just see a lot of people just getting into, into position. And to be blunt, all the shit talk is increasing ever, even even so much more. Uh, people like Ryan Garcia, Turn, uh, yeah. Father, stuff like that, Furious Father, so on. It's just so funny to see all this, this uh, the rhetoric going back and forth between camps that people want to fight. Uh, Teofimo Garcia, uh, your boy Devin Haney stepping up and causing some waves, things like that. And I'm sure at some point we will address your favorite boxer, uh, the one and only Adrian Broder. I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you get back to it after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he's uh, you know he's uh, you know a little bit of a character himself uh, with his uh, recent uh, comments, uh, man. But you know, you know, I, I, I did say that you know, with um, you know previous conversation that we had with. Uh, so-called Stephen Nelson, he was, you know, hitting at the things that we're talking about um, for this uh, fight, these fight cards that are coming up. Uh, so, like I said, June 9th, they're supposed to have uh, Shakur Stevenson headline that particular uh, bout, and then uh, they said that they're planning something for June 11th and June 13th. Uh, so, you know, with, with that action, they, they try to go back to back to back uh, with this. So, um, you know, also are scheduled to have something on June 16th and June 18th uh, there. So, that's the thing, man. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if we can, if we have a minute, let's talk about the notion of having a fight with little to no fans, right? Uh, so, you're talking about just probably having – uh, minimal presence there from, from press, right? Uh, the camera covers, TV covers, we, we, we know that. And, of course, your judges and things like that. So it's going to be a, a bare-bones uh, event, in a sense. But, of course, it's going to be, a, it's gonna be on uh, – some, some events will be on live TV. And since what I'm getting, trying to get to this point, how does that properly affect a fighter in terms of uh, how hard does he fight? Does he get to throw energy from the crowd? And really, when, when you think about it, uh, say, for example, you, you're at your gym, right, whether it be crunch or whatever gym, and you have your sparring session. It's going to be in, in a sense similar to that because it's not that many people watch you do a, do a live spar against an opponent that you bought in, bought in the camp for whatever reason, right? But in this case, uh, it's, it's actually this is what, it's a fight that actually counts. You know, it's, it's for the money. I mean, there's so many things that gets affected. I mean, for one, when no, no fans in place, there's no – Virtually no not live gate, so at that point that takes away the money for the fight in that regard. But really, just getting it back down to it, the bones of it, 
how would you react as a fighter with no audience uh, applauding you on? How do you think that affects them? Yeah, I mean, I had, uh, you know, when you talk about the coincidences, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, me, me you know, with the to face Miguel Barriaga uh, over at the uh, theater of Madison Square Garden on March 14th, where they were going to have, try to have that particular fight with no fans to just have, you know, the camera crew, the media, the trainers, and that type of thing. Uh, but, you know, just hours after that, they shut everything down. Uh, so, you know, the thing is uh, that, uh, you know, now we're going to actually see how this is going to work out uh, for or whatnot to see, you know, how they go through uh, with this particular event uh, that's going to happen on uh, June 9th. And then after that, we'll see what we have uh, going on, uh, you know, day after day after day. So uh, in reference to uh, Shakur Stevenson, most likely he is there in Las Vegas already uh, doing the final training uh, for this particular bout. Uh, so uh, with, with that being said, it's going to be you know, interesting to see how they kind of like handle it uh, there, so I'm trying to see like how they do the thing with the session protocol. Uh, so, uh, you know, ESPN is the best to get it. Uh, they have, uh, you know, them as far as like, uh, you know, with Shakur Stevenson. Uh, actually, Shakur Stevenson is gonna be fighting, uh, and he won't be defending the uh, title that he has at featherweight because it's going to be above. 126 pounds. Uh, you're also going to have Michaela Mayer uh, in that co main event. So I, I, I'm going to try to see if they, you know, have some things planned as far as, like, what the uh, schedule is going to be uh, right there. So uh, kind of curious how this is going to be handled. Yeah, it's, it's so, so many things that you have to consider that at this point now, in, in terms of throwing an event that that wasn't even uh, a, uh, even a forethought last year, or you know prior to all these things happening with the the, the COVID nineteen virus, I mean just the planning of it, but even from the planning from the, the actual fighters camp, how you travel, who you travel with, things like that. Uh, make sure your gear is taken care of, things like that. And uh, it's just like I said, so much to think of, and especially even now when we look at like right now, right, which is holiday weekend. Uh, I'm sure you, you keep up with the news, and you see that uh, just a, a large bunch of people in different places just acting a fool, like there's nothing going on at all, right? But but even when it comes down to these sporting events, I mean, these 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 networks want and need to get back to live live events, right? Uh, not only the networks, but the promoters as well. And we already know the fighters are itching to get back into the ring. And with that said, even with the Shakur Stevenson fight, uh, everyone's going to be watching in regards to how they handle things uh, step by step. Uh, make sure that there's, there's no missteps in, in terms of uh, taking care of the fighters getting a, and putting on a quality event, which we all yeah. desperately, desperately need, you know. Yeah, it's just because, uh, like, I mean, I was saying like a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago or so, you had the events that, you know, took place over in Nicaragua, which was a live boxing event. They actually had fans over there. Uh, so I 
think that maybe the whole thing with the COVID-19 wasn't that prevalent to where they're able to have uh, fans in the stands and things like that. But, you know, they still had their safety protocols in place uh, for that particular event. But here in, uh, you know, the United States, they're, you know, trying to have those, you know, live events uh, happening in a uh, closed uh, circuit type of atmosphere. Um, so you'll have more of those things happening uh, here in the United States. Then they're going to start it up over in the U.K. And then, you know, depending on how things go, you might have, you know, more fights and then uh, bigger fights uh, later on down the line. Uh, but you did uh, mention the thing about the importance of having those live events because, you know, I, I said before you, you got on that, you know, that uh, sports streaming service is own is, you know, in a little bit of uh, financial trouble, uh, according to a few uh, people. Uh, they say that, you know, Led Black Manic is, uh, you know, on the, you know, is out there looking for investors uh, at this particular time because uh, there isn't, I guess, not that much money as far as, like, cash reserves uh, there. So uh, without the uh, live content, the zone really doesn't have much to have their subscribers keep paying for their subscription. They're not really like an ESPN or a Fox where, you know, they could provide other type of content uh, that's there for uh, without, you know, having people say, hey, I'm not really interested in keeping my subscription because I don't have that much content for me to watch. So uh, what do you think about that uh, situation with the zone? Well, I'll tell you what, I would love to be able to sit down and look at their setup in terms of uh, active subscriptions, uh, prior I say I would say prior to like uh, no, November 2019 versus their I would say let me say their new subscriptions from from November 19 versus their new subscriptions right now, and you already yeah. know you're not both know, that number is drastically lower, drastically yep. lower, and, and with that said, I will also love to sit down and look at their business model. Because you remember when uh, when the zone first got active, was I'm thinking what three, four years ago? Well, what about three, two, three years ago? I believe it was right. Uh, and at that point, uh, when they when they made their, their presence announced over here, uh, basically Hearn was back with from a big financial ch- uh, chess. What was it like? What was the backing on them? On them ten ten million? I, it was, I, what was that number when they when they first started up? as far as investing and things like that. Do you recall? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, you know, they had the – were you talking about the announcement that they had? That was for uh, bringing this over to the U.S. because, you know, they already were like, uh, I would say, six or seven countries before they had the U.S. market. But once they did that, once they did touch U.S. market, that's when – you had access industries and, uh, you know, left like Manic put in a, a whole lot more money uh, towards, you know, boxing. And then when you had that deal that you're talking about as far as like, uh, what is it, $1 billion? You know, $1 billion towards boxing? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, would, I would love to sit down. That's why I said I would love to sit down and look at that business model to see how much they actually invested over here. Because, you know, when you're doing that type of money on that level, you're sitting down, you're, you're making an anal, uh, you're analyzing the industry to that point. And you, you already know going in how much you can 
quote unquote say that you can afford to lose. You see what I'm saying? Right. And at this point now, uh, how much have they truly have they lost within the last quarter of 2019 and within the first quarter of 2020? And at that mm-hmm. point, and based on what I'm getting at, is it still a viable in- entity for them to be in business, considering what's happened with the business and things like that? And uh, I mean, I'm uh, I'm trying to guess. I mean, Box is definitely going to be a major contributor to their subscriptions. I mean, I know they have a lot of ancillary sports that they cover that you can pick up USC events, things like that. But boxing yeah. and probably USC is probably their, their top sports that draw people in and in, into a, a paying for a subscription. You know, so without the with the absence of those events, like we've had, like I said, last quarter of 2019, first quarter of uh, this year, and even to, even even the second quarter as as, as we're going into into the into June, right? So they've had, they've had a lot of losses, and I'm. I would love to sit down and see if uh, they've accounted for those losses and what they're going to be doing going forward. Because right now, uh, I mean, even some, some – look at this. Look at the curses that they typically offer, like, for their top fighters. Uh, we already know Canelo. We already know about that. And that's, in a sense, I, I don't want to say justify with, with the money he's making, but, I mean, they need a big name to draw, draw everyone in. But people like Triple G, things like that, Definitely don't deserve to make the type of money that they're making, and should not be making that money going and given given the market value and demand in that, in that regard. So that's how I would love to now look at their books and see if they're still profitable for the rest of the year. I, I kind of doubt they were, but that goes back to that huge war chest that they came in with. Uh, is that still just uh, keeping them afloat in a sense with the zone USA? Yeah, you know. Um... You know, we talk about the thing with the zone in the U.S. Uh, they had, you know, they hadn't really been here um, for two years. It's actually um, around this particular time right now where it would be at uh, two years um, because they they were there um, launching at about um, you know around uh, June June or July. And, you know, one of the first fights that they were going to have there um, actually was September. Um, the first event that they had was Joshua versus Bebekin, right? Um, and they were supposed to have, like, the uh, World Boxing Super Series, the uh, Champions League, uh, Premier Division, J-League. Um, you know, that's part of it. Um, and the zone, you know, has the right to a different – um, sporting, you know, things as far as like uh, soccer, there's like a lot of soccer um, things that they have, you know, there. But when it comes to like the USA, they, you know, only had like about a few uh, leagues that they were able to, you know, secure uh, there to be shown in the USA. So um, mainly what they had was, you know, to invest in as far as like the US is concerned is boxing. And, you know, a few other things like MMA, like you said, uh, Bellator um, and, uh, and other things. So, you know, with that being said, um, when you have not that much uh, to work with in a market like the U.S., um, if you're putting that much money towards it, you got to be able to get the returns that you need. And, you know, we were mentioning the thing about, you know, having that uh, – investment as far as like the $1 billion, 
but it's like, what is it, one billion over the course of eight years, right? So the thing about that is, is like, that to me isn't really that much money. That's just, you know, $125 million per year. So if you think about it that way, in, in that type of budget, say you're having that type of budget for boxes per year is $125 million, right? So let's say, for example, out of that $125 million, you got to pay Canelo. You're paying Canelo $30 million <laughs> on average. So yeah. there goes yep. one-fourth of the budget right off the top. Mm-hmm. So one-fourth of that budget goes to Canelo. Now you got to work with the other three-fourths with that with the, the boxers that you have that are out there, the Galati Golovkin, Daniel Jacobs, the the freaking uh Tevin Farmers, like the Demetrius Andrades, you know? Um who who else would be out there that, that, that they would have? Like if they have to put in a Callum Smith, like because also they have to use that money to purchase the television rights to um show fights that not necessarily have to be in the US but outside the US. So that's also money that they're, you know, putting in uh to, you know, try to secure the rights to fight. Um you know, as far as like the US abroad. So if you're you know, using using money like that, then if you're not getting the returns then yeah, you're gonna be in a little bit of trouble uh, when it comes to that. If you don't plan things out correctly, then then it's not going to work. But my thing is, is like a lot of people are trying to put a lot of the blame on, uh, like say Eddie Hearn or whatnot, when all he was doing is trying to expand his market over to the U.S. But you had another group in there, like Golden Boy, who actually took a lot of that money that they have for the budget and use it on, you know, their fighters. So, you know, that's the thing, too, is, like, for me, other than Canelo Alvarez, I really don't know much about what uh, <laughs> what fight cards that Golden Boy has that they put on the zone. And if they do, then who, who else is watching it? You know what I mean? So they want to put out the content, but if it's not good enough, then what's the point, you know? Yeah, because like I said, because given that, I mean, they got to, like once again, the, the big financial backing behind them. But like I said, at this point, when you're uh, when you're doing this type of business in regards to UFC, boxing, other things like that, you come in, into place with uh, securing deals for fighters, that's going to be a, a huge overhead right there with your, your uh, uh, boxing, boxing purchase, things like that. Uh, just t- working with the TV deals, stuff like that, things like that, and all those financial uh, demands that come with uh, building a business and things like that. And, th- and that's like when you come to a, a, a quick stop, a buffer road like we have right now, at this point, yeah. are, they still in a, are they still a viable business? And that's, a, that's why I, say I would love to be able to sit down and look at their books, subscriptions versus now versus new subscriptions then. And I, 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 mean, I mean, common sense, you already know they're hurting. I mean, look look at a similar network. Look at ESPN. I mean, totally different model. We know that because it's an established TV network. But even uh, what was that yeah. thing back in uh, March, April, they had all their top talent uh, cut salaries. 
and that point, yeah. if you know, if a, if a network like a, a company like ESPN, who's actually owned by a larger company, if they're cutting salary, you know that at that point, some uh, a fledging service like the Zone, uh, brand, brand, once again, brand have a big backing behind them. But like I said, that money goes fast when you start to look at how fast it goes here, goes here for that. So bottom line, if ESPN had cut salary, you already know the uh, Zone has to be hurt in a sense hurting as well. So. So this, this is just a situation that, uh, no matter how big you are as a corporation, you are you have you, are, you have been affected by what's uh, in light of the current events going on right now. So that's just the bottom line. Yeah, and the thing about it is that you know you don't have these uh, you don't really have much of plans for live action here anytime soon. We we talk about the thing with top rank. Top rank is doing their thing. Uh, to have a, a, a full schedule or pretty much a schedule here for those uh, weeks uh, coming up to where they're going to have about, you know, a fight, a fight card with two or three fights every couple of days. Uh, so, if, uh, you know, the likes of a matchroom or a golden boy don't come up with something real soon, then uh, that's going to be a real problem. And for me, I don't see where golden boy Like ten years ago. 
they decided to put all their buckets, all their eggs in the basket of Mr. Eddie Hearn, Demetrius Andrade, uh, Gabe Rosado, and all the other people that we don't care about instead of giving a billion dollars to the great savior of boxing, Mr. Al Heyman, a.k.a. the GOAT, a.k.a. that boy good, a.k.a. the man in boxing. And now, because of all these terrible decisions, the zone, you will rest. Uh, are you are you sure are you sure that was uh, Mark Calloway or was that uh, Bob Arum? Because I, I took tell <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! I you hate to see it, Jr. You remember Eddie Hearn was talking all spicy about Showtime. Oh, within 12 months, Showtime's going to be out of the boxing business. Oh, Steven Espinosa, you little weasel, you know nothing, blah, 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 blah. What did Espinosa say? He said, it's all looking good for now. All these guys are looking good for now. But guess what? My man Steven Espinosa turned out to be right. He said he's just going to wait it out. The market's going to come back. The market did come back. And... In the words of Kevin Garnett, what you got to say now? What you got to say now? Anything is possible! Oh, I thought you you were, instead of uh, quoting the words of Kevin Garnett, I thought you were going to quote the words of (laughs) Terry Boyea. What you got to do, brother, when you don't have the money on you? I I don't quote racist people. Hulk Hogan is canceled. We saw the video. <laughs> Hulk Hogan is perfectly canceled. Yeah, we saw the video. <laughs> Yo, but he, but he, here's another here's another uh, thing too. Um, and you talked about the the thing about uh, Deontay Wilder with uh, you know our uh, great great uh, promoter Lou DeBella who tried to get him the money. Um, yeah. That, you know they they um you know tried to you know increase the value of Deontay Wilder at that particular point. And if it wasn't, you know, for me, if it wasn't for Luda Bella doing that, <laughs> Al Hamer would, would probably be still paying him five to seven million dollars for a fight. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't do it the right way. Yeah. He didn't do it the right way. But but like you were saying, um, in reference to the um the <laughs> crazy investments uh that were made by the zone, when you have a budget of one hundred and twenty five million dollars per year on average and one fourth of that per year goes to Canelo Alvarez. So mm-hmm. you've already taken out more than you're pretty much 25% or more uh, on Canelo Alvarez. Then you you make the foolish decision of investing in Gennady Golovkin, whose worth or value 
only is based on Canelo Alvarez. That's it. Because he ain't going to fight anybody else. A hundred million on Golovkin. A hundred million on Golovkin. And he ain't fighting anybody else. You know, if you're not, if you're going to have a guy that's not going to fight anybody but uh, Canelo Alvarez, and, and it's like trying to pull teeth uh, uh, from from a uh, from a young young man <laughs> that has all their teeth for Gennady Golovkin to fight anyone with a pulse, you're pretty much losing all that type of money, you know. Because here's the thing that I was saying: you're just paying the money for television rights. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as the promoters handle everything else and have the money to, to to handle everything else, they're good. But if you're putting up this amount of money to host, you know, these fights like Gennady Golovkin versus Steve Rose, like who is going to who is going to subscribe to the zone for a Gennady Golovkin Steve Rose fight? Who? Not I. And I tell you, I tell you, even on that same thought. Uh, so after Canelo Triple G one, Canelo Triple G two, which was uh, uh, Canelo was, was reluctant to make, and even now, so at that point they looked at the numbers from those first two fights as far as new subscriptions, right? So going forward, they want to have the trilogy fight, right? And at that point, you knew they they probably forecasted, oh hey, you know what? I think we get these guys to have a trilogy fight. We're likely going to have just to throw a number out, uh, three hundred thousand new subscriptions. Well, Canelo threw a, a big wrench in that. He said, well, I want to fight the guy. It's personal. He doesn't, he, I don't respect him because he thought I was a drug cheat. Even though I, I, may be, I really may be a drug cheat, whatever, but you can't prove it, whatever, whatever, right? So at that point, imagine how pissed the zone is still, it's, even still is internally in regards to that there's not a trilogy fight that has not happened as of yet. And at this point, well, that fight is probably now out of date. There's probably no public demand for that. Given the fact that uh, Triple G is older now, and the fact that he really probably lost out of that fight against Derbachenko, so and even, and even going to the point where uh, De La Hoya was was going back and forth with with Canelo, hey man, come on, come on, come on, just just do the fight, just get out of the way, just come on, let's get, let's get, come on, come on, Canelo, come on, come on, and that didn't happen. So <laughs> you know they're pissed. You know they're pissed. Well, I mean, absolutely. For- it, it goes into the whole thing with the initial uh, negotiation from Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya to the uh, zone. Like, you don't give that much of a guarantee to a fighter where you don't, you're not even sure what their options are going to be as to who he's going to fight. From what was that? That was what 2018 when they when they first had the first fight against. Uh, um, Rocky Fielding, right? So, how are you going to put this much of an investment towards one fighter when you don't know what his plan is going to be three or four years down the line? That's something that you have to invest in, you know, much later down. You know, the 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 um, the uh, you know the, the the line. You know, this is not like a, a Floyd Mayweather. A deal with Showtime where they knew what their end game was, and that was Manny Pacquiao. Like one way or another, they were going to have that Manny Pacquiao fight, and they knew that at that time the Manny Pacquiao fight was going to be the biggest fight in boxing without question. So 
So they knew that if they invested that money into Floyd Mayweather, they were going to get the returns off of that. And so that's why they went forward with it. Canelo Alvarez is like, oh, let's see, what would be the biggest fight that they could make with Canelo Alvarez? Uh, Gennady Golovkin. But nobody really follows Gennady Golovkin like that. It, and, and the whole thing about, you know, the, the the good guy versus the bad guy, like neither one of those fighters kind of completely, you know, take in that, taking that uh, role, neither one of them do, you know? Yeah, they're so, both polarizing figures, actually. Well, they're both polarizing figures, but not polarizing enough, you know? Yeah. So it's not like, like, like with Canelo, like, okay, there are a lot of people that like Canelo. There are a lot of people that hate Canelo, but it's not enough for people to watch him. Not like they watch Mayweather. Uh, so, I think if Canelo was fighting – Guys like Jamal Charlo, guys like Caleb Plant, uh, guys like Benavidez, I think those types of fights would move the needle in the United States. Unfortunately, Oscar De La Hoya, you know, he's not offering these guys the money that they deserve to get. I, I, I sent him an offer for five to $7 million that Jamal Charlo wouldn't take the money. Yep. It's a damn shame. <laughs> it's a damn shame. But I so, know so, right so, now. So, 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 yeah, going back on that, though, real quick. So you mean to tell me that Oscar De La Hoya offered Jamal Charlo $7 million, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. But even if it's allegedly or whatever it is, right? Let's say that he did. How much money did Daniel Jacobs get for the Canelo fight? Twelve. Okay, so how are you going to offer Jamal Charlo $7 million? <laughs> See, but they made a mistake with that Daniel Jacobs uh, $12 million. And, you know... But the zone really, you knew they were in trouble once they started with the YouTube fight. Everybody was like, oh, it's not a big deal. And I was like, this is, this shows, this is a, first of all, it's disrespectful to the sport. Second of all, it shows how desperate the zone is. And then the microcosm of the zone's entire run here in the United States, we talked about it last week. How ironic. We just talked about that zone last week, okay? And the microcosm was Canelo Alvarez and Sergey Kovalev laying down on a couch in the dressing room waiting for a fucking UFC fight to finish. They didn't deserve to be in boxing after that. That that's well, I mean, you're talking about uh something where they actually had uh who was it, KSI and Logan Paul uh fighting oh my God. so there was that. Um but even even that being said, you have these other sports that are involved or, you know, under the zone. 
But like I said, if you're not able to provide live content, then that won't, you know, that won't work. Uh, when you're trying to charge people $19.99 a month or $99.99 a year, you're going to have to have something, you know. Otherwise, people will just go to YouTube and go on your channel on YouTube <laughs> and watch stuff there, you know what I mean? So yep. it, the thing is, is, like, they really didn't, they really don't have a plan in place to, you know, have, I would say if you don't have live content, at least have something to talk about. Like, you don't even have, like, a Aka Barack out there. You don't have a sports center type of show um, on, on your platform to where people could just, you know, look at something. You know what I mean? At least try to talk about sports because, you know, the NFL was able to do a few things as far as, like, their off season, So, you got ESPN talking about it. You got Fox talking about it. So why isn't it that the zone has? They don't have a show of that level. You don't see any of it, anything like that. You don't see any uh, uh, um, that um, first take type of show or speak for yourself or um, you know the thing with um, Shannon Sharp and Skill. Undisputed. You don't have that on the zone, but. Yeah. If they had it on the zone, then maybe, maybe a little bit, you know, more people would be interested in having that application. But they have not thought about it that way. And, and you know what's funny is, how do you have somebody like John Skipper on and you don't have a show of that caliber on the zone? Yep. How do, how do you hire Jay Horowitz at the zone and you don't have a debate show? when Jay Horowitz is the father of these debate shows. doesn't make any sense. Why is the boxing source not on the zone? Tell me that. Huh? Why what? No, man. Nah, nah. I don't want to be like Radio Raheem. Sorry. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's ridiculous, man. Like, uh, yeah, just, why don't, yeah. uh, why don't why don't the zone have Radio Raheem and Michelle Joy Phelps on? <laughs> Yo, but you know what? I hope I hope the zone survives this. I really do. Well, I mean, I kind I kind of agree with that statement too, because I cause consider the landscape of what's going on right now. No more HBO boxing gone. That 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 forty five year void is gone. Uh, now, which uh, what we have now, uh, ESPN plus plus top rank linked together. Uh, Al Hammond, PBC, Fox, all that stuff. Uh, all, I mean, I mean, we got the Impact Network. Said, don't forget. Yeah, and <laughs> and some that you said earlier, Matt. I think with James, uh, I think someone said blame Eddie Hearn. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily. I won't say that because. In, in, this is my narrow view. Eddie Hearn has done his job. I mean, granted, I'm, I can't say that every every uh, decision has been great, but at least he's been a great talking head for the zone. I mean, everybody at this point, even casual people know, uh, have probably heard of Eddie Hearn because he's always out front uh, talking about this, running this, running this from down and back and forth. So in my sense, yeah. he's in a sense done his job as a talking head. You know, he talked. He talked the zone. 
Why would you, when you're, first of all, you're just coming to the U.S. market. You come into the U.S. market trying to be a, a, a market disruptor. You're coming to the U.S. market picking beef with Showtime, who is responsible for literally all of the biggest pay-per-views in boxing history. That's the guys that you want to pick a fight with. That's the guys who you come into this market saying that they're going to be out of this business in 12 months. What, what did you expect to happen? You expected guys like Bob Arum and Al Heyman to just say, oh, cool, the zone's here. Let's all pack up shop, give all our fighters to Eddie Hearn. No. He came in talking wild spice, and, and, and now he oh, these boxers make too much money. Motherfucker, you did that. Sorry. It is what it is. Who who else was going to pay $2 million to watch Tevin Farmer fight? Nobody. Only Eddie Hearn would do that. Tevin Farmer, he, he was making like probably like maybe 50, 60,000 a fight. Nobody cares about Tevin Farmer. The only reason why people even talked about guys like Tevin Farmer was because they thought he was going to fight Tank. As soon as he turned down the Tank fight, did anyone care about Tevin Farmer after that? No. And what he ended up doing and beat by JoJo, the card of a YouTube fight. You hate to see it. Well, I mean, my thing is, as far as, like, you know, being in a, a competitive, uh, you know, thing, I kind of like say that with Zone, man, I don't see why they put in money towards the contracts for these fighters. Because if it wasn't for them doing that in order to secure the television rights, these fighters wouldn't be earning you know what they're earning, the, the, the Tevin Farmers, the Demetrius Andres, the Daniel Jacobs, the, um, you know, like who else would be out there um, that's within this thing? Like, a, uh, or putting in, how, how much money did they put in towards, uh, you know, their last fight with um, Mikey Garcia against uh, Rick Martel, I mean, um, Jesse Vargas? Uh, <laughs> uh, Mikey got so, seven. Uh, Jesse Vargas got like four or five, and then you still had to. And, and, like, come and on. you have like who? Who else was on that undercard, man? Like, actually, that was a good card, though. <laughs> yeah, that was Chocolatito. Chocolatito was uh, in there. The Jose, yeah. um, yeah, man. So that that was a pretty good card that they had for that. That was a damn good weekend. card. But guess what? You know, that's a card that in the United States no one would have would have had to pay for. But like you can't put content on the United States behind the paywall that we would normally get for free. That just makes no sense. We got to see Mikey Garcia versus Sergey Lipinets for free. You think we're gonna pay to see Mikey Garcia against Jesse fucking Vargas? Come on man, we're gonna pay to see these guys that weigh like 112 pounds? No, we're not going to pay to see that. Those are the hey, nice little... Tito, man. Hey, hey, HBO yeah. wanted people to... And HBO went out of business. And HBO went out of business. You notice how HBO was nice and healthy uh, when they had Floyd, 
They had Roy. They had all these. As soon as they switched to the Demidjits and Golovkin and Kovalev, they, they, they went out of business. Nobody wants to see that in America. We want to see our American fighters that be knocking motherfuckers out. That's what we want to see. We want to see Deontay Wilder. We want to see Jamal Charlo. We want to see Terrence Crawford. We want to see Tiafima Lopez. We want to see guys like that. We don't want to see Jesse Vargas. We don't want to see him. We don't want to see Chocolatito. Come on, Chocolatito's a YouTube fighter, man. Let's keep it real. Like these guys, these guys that the zone put on, these are guys that we would have had to scour the internet to watch them on YouTube on a delay. That's the kind of fighter these guys are. And the zone put them as the bell cows for their business. And now they are hemorrhaging money to the point where a multi-billionaire is looking for funding or to outright sell the entire company. Come on, man. Yeah, and real quick. Just to jump in the point real quick. What, what Matt, Matt. I don't hear what you know what you say. Now, real quick, just to put in a, just, to, just kind of uh, type in on what you just said in regards to Garcia, Vargas, things like that. Back a few years ago, when, when Garcia left 135, we all questioned what in the hell is going on, and why why would he leave that when there's just good fights to be made at 135. But at this point, you can, in a sense, say now he has basically sold his first loss to to Errol Spence. We know that at this point, he's I mean, granted we don't like it, but the dude is making more money doing <laughs> he's making more money doing this, this crap. And like I said, yep. back in the day, even a few years ago, no one would want to see uh, Garcia Vargas. No one would want to see that. But uh, even just uh, like I said, the side story with Garcia, he sold his first loss to, to Spence, and now he's at 147, campaigning 147, and making more money than, than fighting people at 135 and dominating. So it's kind of which one would you want to have? Would you want to dominate and be undefeated or make, ultimately make more money? And we already know boxing is a business. Yep. And look at 145 pounds right now. Like, you mean to tell me that Mikey Garcia couldn't have uh, big fights at 135 against the likes of, uh, you know, uh, Devin Haney or Basil Manteco or Teofimo Lopez or what? If I got to tell you one more time that nobody gives a fuck about Devin Haney, listen, nobody's paying to see Devin Haney. Nobody's paying to see him. He's a great fighter, great talent, but no one is paying to see him. <laughs> he needs Floyd. That's what he needs. Well, he's trying to he, he's had the training sessions with Floyd, so he needs to uh you know get get into the whole moniker of Floyd since uh since Tate Davis won't do it. Oh, man, I was one of yeah, I know. Oh, man. Uh had like a few minutes left on the live uh, session, man. But, I, you know, I, I feel like going into the whole thing with this uh, so-called um, issue with a few people in boxing media. Um, Matt, 
I'll, I'll give you the honor to open the topic up as far as this is concerned. Well, I hate the boxing media, and I've been saying that for a long time. First of all, the boxing media itself is always trashing the sport, always shitting on the sport. Um, I, I know you want to talk about these uh, yahoos like uh, Radio Raheem, the girl named the, the, the Michelle the Joy one. Phelps. Yeah, Michelle uh, Joy Phelps. The, 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 the uh, what is it? Ooh, ooh, I was going to say something. Oh, Kugan. I'm going to save it for YouTube. Yo, <laughs> I know you want to talk about these guys, but I want to talk about Paulie Malinaji. Okay, because I'm sick of Paulie Malinaji. You know, <laughs> you got Tank versus Leo Santa Cruz, which is yeah. a very exciting fight that is going <laughs> to pay per view. And you know what this motherfucker Paulie Malinaji had the nerve to say? <laughs> he said, I would have rather seen Santa Cruz versus Gary Russell. So you're trying to yeah. That the broadcast, but he's the the broadcaster of the network yeah. that's putting on this big pay per view fight. He's telling you that he'd rather see another fight. That's the problem with boxing. These yeah. guys are trash that cover it. And not and, and not to mention that's just a, a super irresponsible statement when we know that uh, Santa Cruz just basically ran away from from Gary Russell Jr. I mean, because at this point, Paul, a, he's a boxing insider. And so that's two things. To make that statement, uh, a counter statement against a fight that's going to happen. And that's said, you know on why a fight didn't happen, but you want to suggest it anyways. It's a stupidity. Stupidity. Yep. I mean, he, he I knows that Santa Cruz won zero parts of Gary Russell Jr. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that they're trying to build Kavante Tank Davis to be the next pay-per-view guy on Showtime. So, we all know, I don't care if Leo Santa Cruz is going to be barbecue chicken for Kavante Tank Davis, but we just want to see that barbecue chicken serve on pay-per-view for Kavante Tank Davis. If... They didn't want to make that fight between Leo Santa Cruz and Gary Russell Jr., then that's on them. But if they want to build Tate Davis, let them build Tate Davis. I know that he says that, oh, uh, maybe uh, Santa Cruz Russell would be a better fight from a pure boxing standpoint. But, hey, like we say, boxing is a business. And the business is to have Tank Davis against Leo Santa Cruz because that would make more money than a fight between Santa Cruz and Gary Russell Jr. I mean, it is what it is with that. But they don't. if they don't want parts of Gary Russell Jr., then that is what it is. So make the business fight. Make the one that's going to make the most money, um, whether it's going to be in uh, Los Angeles, which I feel that it's going to be, if they're going to have a – you know, uh, venue with a crowd in it, I say there's going to be a Los Angeles or, you know, maybe in, um, nah, they ain't going to have it in Atlanta. That wouldn't work. Not for uh, Santa Cruz saying. So I say it's going to be in Los Angeles or Las Vegas. 
Um, and <laughs> if, if Pauli Malinazzi is going to make more comments like that, then uh, they're going to have to look for another guy to, to cover uh, those fights. Exactly. He's so, fighting his ass. <laughs> hey, Deontay Wilder wanted to fire him. As he should have. As he should have. You're a fucking announcer. Announce. That's your job. You're supposed to be promoting the the sport and promoting the guys in your network and promoting these fights. You supposed you you ever hear fucking basketball announcers or football announcers or baseball announcers telling you all the reasons why you shouldn't watch their sport? No. Only in boxing this is allowed. I just don't get it. If they were, if they worked for ESPN, saying that shit about the NBA or about MLB, they asked us when they got fired. Look how ESPN fired like Bill Simmons. Look how they fired Bill Simmons for talking spicy about Roger Goodell. Like, no, the NFL yeah. is one of our partners. Yeah, ass is fired. It is what it <laughs> is. Like, come on, man. Fire Paulie. I'm starting it today. <laughs> You're the hashtag. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, he, he has those uh, moments where he kind of like talks about those fighters that are on Showtime and, and kind of criticizes those fighters. But, hey, it, it's either that or, or you have uh, somebody like, um, you know, Jim Lampley when he was on HBO. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, look at exactly. that hard right hand by Pacquiao. You know? Acting like pipe. But 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 you know what the funny thing is about Jim Lampley and about HBO in general? As soon as uh, Floyd left, they started talking wild, spicy about Floyd, too. Oh, he doesn't yep. fight nobody. Oh, Floyd's a coward. He's running from this guy. He's right. Oh, 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 that's how you feel, huh? But but you promoting Golovkin as if Golovkin is the second coming of of, of Marvin Hagler or something point. like that. Come on, man. Mexican style. The fuck out of here. I don't miss Jim Lampley either. I don't miss Lampley, Larry Merchant. The only guy I miss is Warzone. That's it. It's time to get all these negative people out of boxing. If you're not here to promote the sport and, and, and make the sport as big as possible and give people reasons to watch it, then we don't want to hear from you. UFC comes back with all these fucking bum fights of guys that you don't care about, that you never heard of, but you would have thought that UFC put on the biggest event in history. Shakur Stevenson announces that he's coming back. What did they say? Oh, it's a mismatch. Oh, this is not what we paid for. Boxing media love to be negative about boxing, but they but they got Dana White's balls in their mouth. Please, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, speaking of that thing there with, um, you know, Shakur Stevenson uh, that you know, I was talking about earlier, um, you know, he's going to have that fight coming up uh, here in a couple of weeks. And, you know, they're going to have that in the closed circuit, uh, you know, area. Um, so, you know, you had those guys that were talking about, oh, well, maybe we're not going to be able to get these interviews because this whole thing with the protection and all that type of stuff, like, you know, Zoom interviews or, or some some type of uh, crap are there. So they're like, oh, I won't be able to get my one-on-one interview 
uh, with the fighters because they're going to be in a whole different room and we're going to be in this room. And I'm like, man, that, to me, that just had me, uh, you know, flip, man. Like, I, I just don't understand what, what, you know, why they were basically uh, whining about what's going on right now. Exactly. You know, and, and, and me, my, you know, my initial reaction was, I'm like, uh, so y'all can't find anything else to do? Y'all can't find no other alternative to, quote, unquote, make money or provide content? Like, that's, I think that was their problem. They started out doing videos, and that's all they knew what to, how to do. One, and then two, it's not like you really uh, go to their channel to, like, find some things about them talking about the sport because they really don't seem to talk about the sport that much. All they do is mm-hmm. just interviews, and that's it. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't be able to... Uh, surviving the sport or covering the sport if you don't really know what you're talking about. Like, yep. how do you think uh, these guys are, you know, were able to be um, part of boxing journalism for 40 years plus? Because they know the sport and they watch the sport and they study it and they, you know, follow just about everybody. They don't just, just like follow Steve the big guys just there, like man. Steve <laughs> well, it's absolutely preposterous and absolutely ridiculous that they would say something like this about this guy, you know. Uh, so, I mean, I don't understand why they can't do other things like most of the other people did. You know, I mean, I talk about the likes of the Dan Rayfields or the Thomas Housers or the Steve Kims or you know, the Jake Donovans or anything like that. They they started writing first before any of this stuff happened. So it's like, how were you not able to do something where you could write about the sport or, you know, talk about the sport in the podcast? Like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're concerned about someone holding up a cell phone, but Basically, that's the same thing that y'all have been doing all this time is holding up a yep. phone or a camera. That's it. Yep. Like, if you ain't doing anything else, then what's, what use do those people have that are the ones that hand out the credentials? What's the use of them giving you credentials for if all you're there for is just to get a one-on-one interview with a fighter? That doesn't work. Like, yep. I said this, uh, what was it, a couple of days ago, right? You, you were talking about the thing with Bill Simmons and the NBA or whatever it is, right? So, yeah. all of those sports, NBA, like I say, NBA, NFL, MLB, and all that, right? They're yep. covered by, you know, a TV network or whatever it is. So, once that game is over or whatever it is, they have the TV people, you know, interview them or talk to them for a few questions, and that's pretty much it. Then, after that, they'll have a press conference, so to speak, with the head coach or the star player or whatever it is and whatnot. Or they will be in the locker room answering questions from who? A whole bunch of media folks that are around there. Yep. They don't have no one-on-one interviews with a Stephen A. Smith or a, 
uh, freaking, um, uh, what is it, Jason Whitlock or some random person. They don't do that. So what makes these people think that they could do that here in boxing? What is that? Like, where they get that at? That's a good question. I'm telling you, the the way boxing is covered is just ridiculous to me. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, because I'm like this, man. I'm like, I've never seen anywhere in sports where you would have somebody interview one-on-one after a fight or after a game. I've never seen that. Only, yep. like you said, only in boxing. They don't do it in UFC. Who does it in UFC? Uh, who is that? Uh, who's the who's the the big the big nose Jewish guy that Bob Aaron was talking to when he said it's a bunch of skinhead white guys rolling around like homosexuals? <laughs> uh, Ariel, yeah, yeah, Ariel. Oh yeah, Ariel Hawani. Yeah. Oh. That's about it. That, you know, but like, come on, like, come, or uh, uh, I, I, I'll say another uh, individual sport, like a tennis or a golf, like. You see anybody doing a one-on-one with Phil Mickelson or Serena Williams or a freaking, um, you know, goddamn, you know, Roger Federer? No. But, yep. yeah, it happens in boxing. It's got to happen in boxing. Come on, man. Yeah. I've never seen that, you know? And, you know, my thing is, is like, and I said in the video, I'm like, you are only there – you know, you could only have a certain amount of people in your audience. It's not like a, you have a million subscribers and shit, you know, on your page. Like, come on. You know, that that just doesn't work, man. Um, yeah, let's see, man. Yeah, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go into this right, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, so you have the amount of subscribers that you have, but – let me see. Um, like you're averaging the views that you're averaging, but but come on, you don't think that you're exclusive just because you did this thing for nine years, like you claim. Nah, that ain't how it works. Like boxing is a niche, niche sport, so unless if you want to try to grow the sport, it's not gonna come through those those people. I'm sorry, it's just not. That it's is so true. A lot of these guys, they don't want other people, other up-and-coming reporters in the business. They just don't want it. They want to be the guy to to make all the the money. They want to be the guy to get all the pub, all the respect. They don't want they don't want no new people in the boxing business. You 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 saw how you remember that conference call you was on that that Dan Rayfield hijacked, and you were pissed off about it. That's that's the norm with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I but, just don't get it. But 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 even with but even with me and that, you know, I kinda understand it with Dan Rayfield. Dan Rayfield has been covering the sport for decades. You see? But the thing about it is is like with him covering the sport for, for decades and being able to you know, talk about the sport as much as he has, that gives him, you know, some type of different, a different level of seniority than these guys that hold 
that hold a camera and just hold a camera and, mm-hmm. and, and, and put it in front and have a microphone or whatever it is and think that they know what the, what they're doing in the sport. No, they don't. Because <laughs> I don't see them, uh, uh, what, what they say, uh, shooting in the gym or so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't in there shooting in the gym? Like, come on, dude. Like, that ain't how it works, you know? So, and for me personally, me getting into the sport, I never even heard of these folks before. Never heard of them. You know, so how is it that you want to have every slice of the pie when people on a, on a uh, you know, on a general scale haven't really heard of you? Like, that's, that's not how it works around here, especially if you're not from here. So, like Raheem or, or Michelle or uh, Coogan, they're not from here. So what makes you think that people are going to be familiar with you or know you here? That ain't how it works. Yep. You know, so it's like, man, that's why, like, a lot of, a lot of the other channels are going after those guys because it's like they want to complain, but like I said, how are they any different than – you know, those that have been covering the sport, you know, longer than, you know, all of us put together. You know what I mean? So I can still talk to uh, uh, Kevin Ioli or Keith Eidick, you know, like it's nothing. But you mean to tell me that you're you're going to try to push away the likes of them? You're not going to do that. No, you're not. So why is it that you want to try to turn away guys like, uh, who is it, like a uh, Ring IQ, you know, who I work with, or, or Jamil with Washington Sports Media, you know, how are you going to try to push them away? Like, you don't want to do that because you ain't going to be ready to For me, the that. funniest thing is that I feel like guys like us actually promote the sport of boxing more and better than these so-called big-time reporters. A lot of these big-time reporters, all they do is shit on the sport. Look at look at uh fucking Kevin Ioli from from Yahoo. Uh, remember when Joshua lost to Ruiz? What's the first thing he tweeted? Oh, oh, damn you, Al Heyman! You ruined Joshua versus Wilder. Oh, this is what's wrong with boxing. But when Tony Ferguson gets his ass whipped at UFC 249, did he say, "Oh, damn you, Dana White! You ruined Khabib versus Ferguson"? No, Khabib versus like, Ferguson. Wow. What an upset. What a performance. Why 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 the two messages for for combat sports? These guys don't deserve to be in boxing, man. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't uh, you know try to try to shit on the sport because uh you're not getting the uh fights that you wanna see, um, but you get some type of alternative. That's not how the you know the game goes in boxing. Upsets happen all the time uh, yep. in boxing. So, I mean, you you take it for what it is. It's not like you're gonna be like, oh, oh, I'm so mad that Tony Harris beat Charlo, so we couldn't have a Charlo versus Heard fight, or uh, you know, I'm mad that you know Heard lost to Williams. Like what? Like, like who does something like that? If you're supposedly a media guy, you can't do that. You know exactly. Um, just coming to damn just, fight. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, like you could. 
you 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 will probably have like some type of uh, piece later on down the line saying that you know this potentially could have you know knock things off, but you don't just go on social media and say, oh crap, man. He done lost, and now we ain't gonna have this fight, and everything is shot down the window. Like that would have been like, like, like if I said, uh, uh, oh, uh, you know, Deontay well the lost, so now we can't have this fight. You know, happening. Like, come on, man. You see me? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, let's see but if you, you see know me what? writing about. It's not gonna change things. Wilder, man. Yeah, it's not going to change anytime soon. You know, it is what it is. Uh, it's not going to change. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's part of the game uh, here when it comes to the coverage of uh, the sport of boxing. And, I mean, it's what we're going to deal with. But to me, I, I think that once things start to open up for media, it's going to be a lot more exciting now because yeah, we talk about these so. uh, people, he's supposed to be called out. Uh, yeah. In, in, in boxing, shoot, media folks to be being called out. So we yep. gonna have some yep. action inside and outside the ring, baby. Woo, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for that, man. I can't uh, wait. So, uh, yo, that's what I got, man, uh, for this particular podcast. Uh, you know, so we'll we'll get back into it. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more details as to uh, these fights that are coming up in the next couple of weeks and uh, see how that goes. Um, I, I'd be interested to see what how Top Rank handles these things. Um, maybe I need to you know give a couple of phone calls to uh, these uh, PR folks at uh, Top Rank and see uh, you know how they handle yep. this thing. Uh, okay, this is just point forward. So, uh, until then, man, I'll, I'll, we'll see uh, what goes yeah. on uh, here next week. Um, yeah. You know, y'all enjoy the rest of this section. With, uh, questions? Yeah, I just want to know, uh, does Matt have any insider information on when Adrian Broner's album is going to drop? You got to tune in to the Most Valuable Opinion podcast for that. We're actually going to talk about it this week. Because I actually, I actually believe it or not, I have a couple of the tracks. Seriously, how yeah, the beats? I do. Beats any good? All right, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, on the MVO podcast, will you be able to say if those tracks are better than the album that was put out by Macho Man Randy Savage? <laughs> He's not. No, 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 no. Macho Man wanted to tell yeah, brother. how to be a man. You cannot compare those great bars to what Adrian Broner spitting. I'm not gonna lie. He's not. He's not bad. <laughs> All right. We'll see. So we, we'll, we'll, see. we'll find out on the MVO podcast uh, what uh, Adrian Broner. Um, has uh, been able to release and hopefully, hopefully uh, Raheem knows about this mixtape <laughs> and knows what tracks are on it. We'll see, man. Uh, but yeah, that that covers it for the Boston Source Radio Show. We'll be back next week. Um, 
same time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And like I said, the end of every show, folks, the Porter Boxing is a hit. It's not get hit, not to say the trade. On that note, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. All right, baby.